Welcome back to Investigate Joe Rogan, the podcast where I fact check and investigate things that have been said on the Joe Rogan experience. Today I'll be looking at episode 1767 with James Lindsay. This is my second episode on this man. I also have an episode covering his first appearance back in 2020, hence why the title of this episode is part two. I think he's also been on a third time, I'm not sure. There are a few things I want to take a look at here. The first one being the idea Lindsay has that going to a school board meeting now automatically puts you on a government terrorist watch list. This fun notion comes from Florida Senator Rick Scott, who tweeted, quote, Joe Biden's attorney general wants the FBI to go after parents for speaking out at school board meetings to protect kids from radical curriculum like critical race theory. Biden's disgusting socialist agenda must end. We won't let him intimidate and silence parents. Obviously quite an incendiary tweet there. But if you look at the actual memo that the attorney general wrote that he is referencing in this tweet... This isn't what it says. What it's actually addressing is the wave of real threats that teachers and school board members have gotten from people. The FBI really doesn't care if you go to a school board meeting and say, attention everyone, attention, I think that critical race theory is bad. What they do care about is if you punch someone in the face at one of these meetings or follow them to their car after the meeting which are things that have actually happened and are, are bad. Shouldn't be doing that. Here's what the memo actually says. Quote, While spirited debate about policy matters is protected under our Constitution, that protection does not extend to threats of violence or efforts to intimidate individuals based on their views. And the department takes these incidents seriously and is committed to using its authority and resources to discourage these threats, identify them when they occur, and prosecute them when appropriate. So as long as you don't threaten or hit anyone, you should be fine going to a school board meeting. You probably won't end up on a watch list. Unless you think the FBI is run by gay communists, that is, in which case that is probably all part of their conspiracy and they're probably lying. I think I have listeners who think the FBI is run by gay communists, and I think I also have listeners who wish the FBI was run by gay communists. The biggest thing I wanted to talk about was the percent of people who think the 2020 election was rigged. Lindsay says that 50 to 80 million people think it was rigged. This would be 24% of Americans, so like one in four. I'm not really doing this to find out if he got the exact number right or whatever. I really just thought it was interesting and wanted to look into it. Surprisingly, I couldn't find too many polls that came out recently, but there are a few big ones from 2020. A Reuters poll from mid-November 2020 asked, what comes close to your view of the 2020 election? The choices were legitimate and accurate, the result of illegal voting or election rigging, or don't know. 28% of people went with the result of illegal voting or election rigging. That's pretty high. That's a little more than one in four people. 
An NPR poll from December 2020 showed that 34% of people answered no to the question, do you trust that the results of the 2020 election are accurate? That's even higher. That's a little more than one in three people. In March 2021, there was a University of Chicago study that said 27% of people believed the election had been stolen from Trump, a little more than one in four. A Pew Research Center poll from January 2021 asked, who do you think won the 2020 election? That is, who received the most votes cast by eligible voters in enough states to win the election? And 34% of people said Trump. So one in three people. However, with this poll, I wonder if people understood the question. It's kind of a run-on sentence, and they put a dash in it. I think this could have the potential to confuse a lot of Americans who may not read very much. Another thing about these polls is that they are all of only a thousand people or so. Personally, I think this might be the most important political question of the era, so it would be worth doing some bigger polls, like the most gigantic polls you could possibly come up with. But it might just be too hard to conduct polls. I mean, who participates in polls anyway? Who would bother? but they're probably basically accurate if they all say pretty much the same thing. So something in between one in four and one in three people think the 2020 election was rigged, which is basically what Lindsay said. The next question I had was, how bad is that? How bad is that for democracy, generally speaking? Well, it can't be good, obviously, but I read some other polls that made me think that it might not be that bad, all things considered. In 2012, Fairleigh Dickinson University did a poll asking people whether the 2004 and 2012 presidential elections could have been stolen. Fairleigh Dickinson University. Sounds like a guy who had a top hat and a tragic backstory of some kind. And they discovered that 23% of people back then said that it was probably true that Bush supporters won the 2004 election through fraud in Ohio, and 20% said the same thing about Obama supporters committing significant voter fraud in 2012. So that's almost one in four saying 2004 was rigged, and one in five saying that 2012 was rigged. And it goes back even further than that. Data from the American National Election Studies shows that 23% of people thought the 1996 election between Bill Clinton and Bob Dole was, quote, unfair. So even in ye olden times, when boomers like Obama and Clinton were around, people were saying the election was rigged. So does this mean that it isn't that bad that people think the election is rigged? Society has continued to exist since 1996, does this mean that we can at least make it another 26 years to 2048? Are current doubts more serious and thus not comparable to doubts of the past? Ultimately, I don't really know, but I did think that this was some interesting context for this discussion and worth bringing up. Moving on now to ivermectin, which has surpassed DMT as the drug that most defines the Joe Rogan experience. 
Rogan says that in Mexico, the government is sending people kits with ivermectin and vitamin D. This is not actually happening. I couldn't even find anyone else on the internet saying this is happening. I don't even know where he's getting this. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you work for the Mexican government, please email me at investigatejoerogan at gmail.com. Also, please send me some free vitamin D. I would appreciate it. Also, I once bought these things in Mexico that were essentially McGriddle patties with caramel in them. You know how McGriddles aren't quite pancakes, but they are basically pancakes? It was like that, and I can't remember what they were called, and I can't find them anywhere online either. If you know what I'm talking about, please email me the name of these things. I want to buy them and eat them daily. Rogan also says that CNN has lost 50% of their viewers. This is true, however, there is some context that makes this more interesting. While Fox News remains the biggest cable news channel, they also had a pretty big drop in viewership when Trump left. They lost 35% of their viewers, which isn't as bad, but it's still pretty bad. I guess some people were just watching Fox for the daily Trump updates. He was their favorite character, basically, and the writers just killed him off. I think they also probably lost some viewers to OAN and Newsmax, although that's just my theory. Lindsay, who is not your typical Fox News Republican, exactly, said that Chester Pierce, the inventor of microaggressions, was involved with Sesame Street, but also MKUltra. The only sources I could find for him working on MKUltra were Wikipedia, which didn't itself have a source like it usually does, and a website called Mind Control Black Assassins, <laughs> which did not really come across as a very legitimate website and had a lot of wacky stuff on it. This is perhaps the most interesting claim he makes in the episode, but it isn't actually true. When I was a kid, I watched Elmo's World, but not the other parts of Sesame Street, because I thought those parts were dumb. So if this whole thing is true, hopefully Elmo's World wasn't the part where they would put in the MK Ultra mind control, hypno-slave, communist, gay, subconscious propaganda programming. Hopefully it was only in the other parts. In this episode, Rogan says that he's never voted right-wing in his life. This is interesting because he has also said that he voted for Gary Johnson and Joe Jorgensen. So the real question here is, what does Joe Rogan mean by right-wing? That's something I, I hope a guest asks him at some point. The final and most important topic I'll talk about is Trump's recent weight loss. Lindsay and Rogan go back and forth on this in the episode. At first, Lindsay says it is real, then he kind of goes back on it. There is a Business Insider article that says people at Mar-a-Lago have said Trump has lost weight. Business Insider, of course, is a highly reputable website and not just a bunch of lists. You can also kind of see that Trump isn't spray tanning as much these days. I do think that's, that seems to be true. Now, there's no hard evidence of this weight loss. I'm not sure how anyone would even get such a thing. Um, you'd have to sneak in and weigh him somehow. He certainly has a more 
chill lifestyle these days, hanging out, playing golf, occasionally going out on tour. I I don't doubt this somehow. I just intuitively think this is probably real. I wonder what Trump would look like if he lost a lot of weight, like if he lost 100 pounds. That would be interesting. Those are all my notes for this episode. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends about Investigate Joe Rogan. If you want to listen to bonus episodes, you can subscribe to the Patreon for $2. There are four bonus episodes so far. You can email me or message me on Twitter if you want. You Government officials in Mexico, please do this. And I will see you next episode.